Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sama, Sisters Against Mental Abuse. And today I have my good friend Kayla on the line. Thank you for meeting me so short notice, Kayla. Oh, it's not a problem. So, I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. <laughs> this has been a long time coming. I asked you like a month or two ago, and our schedules have just been really opposite of each other. So thank you for doing this last minute. Um, I kind of just want to know a little bit about you first, like kind of introduce yourself. Um, I wasn't sure if you were um, working on any projects or anything that you wanted the listeners to be aware of or anything. Okay, uh, that's not a problem. My name is Kayla. Um, I'm from Georgia. I, I do have my own a podcast called Concrete Souls. Um, I'm trying to start working on that a little bit more often, but it's basically about my childhood and trauma, um, things of that nature. And um, yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. And I mean, when I listened to your podcast, I was taken, I was taken back into my own uh, childhood. Like it was very like spot on and I think us growing up in black families there's certain types of trauma that is just it's just there and it's commonplace and we don't realize that these things are traumatic or abusive or not okay because it's the norm um, and so listening to your podcast Concrete Souls kind of pulled me back into that um, but to start what was your childhood like? So my childhood um was very abusive um, growing up. There was like different types of abuse. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't um, basically the regular type of childhood, mom and dad in the family. My mom was always in prison. My dad was always in prison. And I stayed with my grandmother and a foster home majority of my childhood. Um, so that's basically the basis of my uh, childhood. It was very abusive. It was very aggressive and I thought this was the norm um majority of the time but it really wasn't so your parents were both in and out of prison and so did you have to live with different family members what happened at that point yeah so I did have to live with different family members so one of them being my grandmother and one of them being my aunt that passed away uh she was amazing and she passed away on uh, actually a couple of years ago but I stayed with her for about two years and I stayed with my grandmother off and on. And also I stayed in the foster home for about three years. Uh, so it was basically, I had to be, all of us had to be skipped around to different places, foster homes, different family members uh, at one point. Um, I think I even stayed with my cousins for a couple of months um, because we were homeless. There were times like that. Um, there were times where we had to live in motels. Um, there were times where we just lived with my uh, uncles. Like it, it was a lot of times where we didn't have a home. Um, when I lived with my mom and dad, we're out of jail. Okay, so what were your earliest memories? Like your earliest memories, were they positive? Were they negative? What kinds of things do you remember? Like as far back as you can remember, what do you remember from your childhood? Um, I do remember like from the earliest parts of my childhood was probably, uh, when I lived with my mom and we lived, 
uh, on my grandma's property at that point in time. And it was, it was more negative than positive because my mom and my dad, they always fought. And that's one of my earliest memories is living there in one of, on her property. And they were arguing, busting fights to the point where my grandmother had to kick them off the property. And that's probably one of my, my earliest memories. So when it comes to uh, living with my mom and my dad, one of the ones that always sticks out to me is when we were living in a two-bedroom house um, and my we all shared one room. Um, so it was seven of us and we all shared one room. And so it was kind of chaotic. But I remember it was, my dad used to do a lot of mental abuse things where he used to like try to humiliate us or do things to humiliate us like, um, there was times where he just did, I guess, I guess I can't really, really say it like in words, but he would basically tease us in a manner. It would make a child cry or things of that nature. And there was, was this one time that it was like kind of physical abuse and it really tore me up because it was a time where my little sister Basically, she was little. They said she said she got like a cut on her head or something like that. And they just basically blamed me. And I didn't even I didn't even do anything at the time. And I told them I didn't do anything. I didn't touch her. And so what happened was they beat me and they put me in a laundry room and the laundry room had nails coming out of the walls. And they made me spend the night in that laundry room. And it was absolutely terrible. Um, so there was things like that that really affected me into adulthood. And then I didn't even know it until I got older. Um, but that's specifically what it was. When it comes to my other family members, like my aunt that I live with and my cousins, there was no abuse, fortunately, and there was no abuse living in the foster home as well. I wanna go to something that you've spoken about on your podcast because it's very emotional and it was very moving when I listened to it. One of the things that you talked about um, is something that I think happens in a lot of Black households, and that was being, you getting a whooping over something so small. And I remember mm -hmm. there was a story that you talked about. Could you share some of those, um, some of those instances? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. I, I could definitely do that. So when I was a child, and, and this is like when, when I lived with my grandmother, there was a lot of abuse with my grandmother too as well. And I didn't know until I got like older, um, probably within this last maybe one or two years, there was instances. So say if I, you know, accidentally spilled a cup of juice so, or just anything, like just as I'm, I'm, I was very clumsy as a child and I'm still clumsy as an adult. And I used to spill things and it was not my fault. I just used to spill it. And my grandmother would literally whip me if I spilled something, if I knocked something over by accident, I will get a whooping. If I would, just any of those things in the, of that nature, but specifically spilling things or accidentally like breaking things or just anything like that, I would definitely 100% get a whooping for it. So even if I tried to clean it up and hurry up and clean it up fast, if she knew that floor was sticky, I would definitely get a whooping for that. Any of my siblings would get a whooping for that. And that was specifically one of the things that I would definitely get a whooping for is spilling things 
or accidentally turning something over. Um, my grandmother was very strict, very um, abusive in her words, um, especially she did a lot of mental abuse too as well, um, where she she said a lot of things, and I'm sorry to get off a little bit of track here, but she said a lot of things that really hurt me into adulthood, and I didn't know why I was like that, but I had some behavioral issues growing up, and my grandmother always used to tell me that I would be 16 and pregnant, and she used to always tell me that uh, I would be crazy, and if I had a baby, I would kill the child. There's things like that that she would say to me all the time. It, or even when I was going to start getting my driver's license, which I had to teach myself how to drive, uh, she told me that I, I would kill somebody on the road because I'm too crazy and I should not be driving. Uh, she used to tell me that uh, she laughed when, one time when I told her that I was, um, I tried to uh, kill myself. I literally tried to kill myself at the age of 15, at the age of 11, and the age of 10, as early as that. And she told me, she laughed when I told her that I wanted to kill my, I tried to kill myself. I, I walked onto ongoing traffic um, on a busy highway and my friend was there and he pulled me out of the traffic and um, I tried to kill myself and she literally laughed and she said, oh no, what? somebody would have saw you or something like that. And she said, this is crazy. And then around that time, I had so much stuff going on and it, it was a lot. She, she was abusive like that. She was very abusive like that, but I'm sorry to get off a track like that, but those are some of the things that I had to endure as a child that were, that were definitely abusive mentally and physically. No, you, you didn't go off topic. Uh, that's kind of what, um, that's kind of what the purpose of this is. Like you sharing these experiences will hopefully make another black woman like see that some behavior is not okay or maybe they're treating their kids like this and you know by hearing you talk about your actual experiences maybe they'll realize that that's not okay because it is damaging um and so I, I do have a question so your grandmother is that your mother's mother yes that is correct so then would it be safe to say that maybe this is something that your mother I don't know, not got from her mother, but maybe it was behavior that she learned from her mother. Was it, did it make you think of um, your mother when your grandmother was uh, verbally abusive to you? Uh, in a, in a sense, but my mother, she, she's, she's more of a narcissist. Um, my mom didn't, I don't know what happened, but my mom didn't, wasn't all, she never acted the way she acted as a mom. She was neglectful. Like she neglected us. That's for sure. But she never acted the way she, she's starting to act like my grandmother now. I'm more seeing that now because my, I feel like my grandmother's a narcissist as well, but because they don't like to be wrong at all. Um, so that I'm starting to see her behaviors now as she's getting older. And I see it now in her because they're acting the same. They don't want to take accountability for the things that they've done. Um, they don't want, they feel like they have to put this um, mask on for other people to, uh, to basically trick people to believe that they're like these great, honest, nice people when they're not. They're actually abusive. My mom started being more abusive 
uh, actually around, I knew, I remember the year it was 2014, but I'm starting to see her behaviors uh, of my grandmother now, but my mom was neglect, she was, she neglected us, but she was never a narcissist and she became a narcissist later on in life. Okay, and when you say, because <laughs> I try to avoid using the the narcissist word, I really try, I try so hard not to to use that word a lot, but I want to ask, what what in particular makes you um, use that word when it comes to your mother? I mean, because we all know that narcissists are like uh, very two-faced, like you said, they have a mask, mm -hmm. they are devoid of empathy, um they uh, the biggest thing for me is that they're two completely different people and once that mask slips they they let everything hang out and it's quite ugly so what kind of situations mm -hmm. make you feel that your mother is a narcissist okay uh so one being is there's a lot of there's a lot of situations let's just say this but she, when I invite, when I used to invite my friends over, she would put this mask on to make her seem like she's just like awesome, nice person. Um, she's done like stuff in the community to make sure that it's a nice person. Um, she, you know, she owns a business here where I live and she tries to like pretend like she's this awesome, great person. But the thing about it is there's a lot of stuff that she's doing now that makes me feel like she's not, she's a narcissist. She lets our mask slip with us and all of us, all of us is seven of us. And we all believe that she's a narcissist because the way she doesn't take accountability for her, for her actions, the way she brushes off our feelings, the way she's never apologized for all the things that she's done to us in the past. And she refuses to do that because we're quote unquote grown um, and we should quote uh, get over it. Uh, she doesn't want to take accountability or responsibility for that. Um, she basically throws us out when she doesn't, she feels like we don't have a need for, like, she doesn't have a need for us. Um, I got thrown out during the pandemic, the uh, beginning of the pandemic. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff, like, it was for no reason. She just doesn't care. She will throw you out on the street and do don't care if you survive or not. She has a lot of lack of empathy and sympathy. But at the same time, this is the biggest thing. Narcissists want you to believe that you need them. And that's one of the biggest, I, I've been looking into it. I've been reading it. So I said, what is, what is my mother? What is she? Like, she's not the same person that I grew up with. She's not the same person. She started get, gaining this attitude, like she's better than everybody else. And she started gaining this attitude where she's she's always constantly bragging and talking about herself. And I was trying to figure out, I was like, what is she? She's not the mother that I, you know, I knew when I was a child. And I started researching and looking things up. And this was before, you know, the narcissist thing that, you know, people say now that everybody's a narcissist and et cetera, et cetera but she literally is one. Like, I can't make this up. Like, I really wish I could, like, make this up, but she is a narcissist that's not, that doesn't know that she's a narcissist. And there's people that know that they have the disease, but she literally has it. Um, but that, that was the main thing, is the fact that she would walk around like she's better than everybody else. And she, and then, and then when she goes and talks to her, her random people on the street, it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to be this nice person. I'm going to be this awesome person. But she will be nicer to them than she is to us. And 
she basically always feels like she'll always come running back and like, oh, well, I, you need me. I'm your mother. After she's cursed me out, called me nothing, all of these things, throw my things on the street, drag me by my hair um, and throw me out. And then she said, you need me. Drag, wait a minute. Dragged you by your hair. Yes, my mother has dragged. And I have a witness to that. My mother dragged me by the hair outside and told me to get out. And this was around when I was like 18. And another thing, there's another situation. I'm going to let you know this now. I know I, I'm kind of getting off topic here, but it's about abuse. My mother, it was one time, it was back in 2014, 2015, I believe. And my mother, uh, I was, we was driving home from my grandmother's house uh, towards downtown Savannah, going back home. And I got in a kind of a, not even an argument, just a disagreement with my mother about my little sister sleeping in my bed because she would pee in my bed. And I, I just didn't want her to sleep in my bed because she peed in my bed all the time. So I was like, I don't want her sleeping in my bed because she pees in my bed and she can sleep, you know, she can, you know, sleep outside on, the, not outside, but on the sofa instead, or we could put something down on the bed. And that's all I said. So what happened was, she poured, she reached back, she poured a slushy on me and she got my stepfather to drag me out of the car and told me to not come back home. And she left me in the middle of the hood in Savannah and she left me there. And I did not know what to do. And I was alone and I was scared and I was outside alone and I happened to be found a guy just a random guy he was a nice guy and I told him I didn't know where I was and I told him I didn't know I didn't know where to go and so I reached out to one of my uh by my ex's uh cousin and she she me and her were always friends and she lived I think she lived not too far but it was like maybe three or four miles away and I walked three or four miles to get to her house. And he walked me all the way there. The guy walked me all the way there and didn't ask for anything. And he was so sweet. And he walked me there and I got there safely. But there was things like that. And then shortly after that, my father passed away. So I was homeless. And my and I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional. I was homeless and my dad passed away. And I was alone. And so that's the things that my mother did to me as as an adult actually as an 18 year old and those are things that it happened just a few years ago so there was things like that that she did that really messed me up that was like physical abuse later down the line I am so sorry about your dad um and I mean all of this um it sounds like you you really struggle and it sounds like um she created a dependency but then when you're dependent on her, it's like, what are you doing? You're grown, um, which is which is indeed abusive. Um, I want to know more about the impact on you, like, because it's important to to illustrate this um, where people start to hear the impact that mental abuse uh, has on people growing up, kids, even young adults. And so far, we've talked about your grandmother and her being verbally abusive 
your mom who has been physically it sounds like verbally and emotionally abusive to you what has been the impact because now you're you're older and it sounds like from when we talk it sounds like you're very much enlightened and you you're very aware of what's going on so what what impact has all of this stuff had on you has on you as an adult um it's had a gigantic gigantic impact on me as an adult um when you go back and you look at uh, all of the things that happened to you, you have dreams about it and you realize you're out of that toxic situation. And like I was telling you, I live alone now. So I live by myself and you're, when you're taken out of that toxic situation, you don't have to go back to that. Um, you go and sit and I've been reading books. I've been reading this book about uh, abandonment issues um, and how I can't even get through all of the book because I cry um, because of all of the stuff that's being said in there. It's absolutely me, 100% me. Um, I've been having to uh, take medications um, and also I'm going back to therapy soon as well. So there's a lot of stuff that it, it's, it has an impact on you. And when you physically or mentally abuse your child, you, you are basically setting them up for something in their adulthood that they're not prepared for uh they, they don't know they, a lot of people don't know until they're out of that toxic situation and I've been living on my own for two years now um and so it's been it's been enlightening about the situations like it's been it's very I sit and think about it now because I never had the chance to sit and think about all the things that happened to me as a child because I was always around those people. And so if I ever told them about it, they were like, well, you're just, you're just over-exaggerating or anything like that. But when you sit and think about all the things that's happened to you, it affects you tremendously. It affects you tremendously. It keeps you from building relationships with people. It keeps you from building uh, friendships with people. Uh, sometimes it keeps you in your bed and depressed and upset because why you? So that's how it was. It, it's very impactful. And that's why you, you'll need a lot of therapy. You'll need a lot of support. Um, and so when you physically and mentally abuse your child, it might not affect them now, but it will definitely affect them later. And then a lot of Black moms wonder why, well, why none of my kids want to come take care of me in the nursing home? It's because you were so abusive. And why is why they sending you to a nursing home? Why they're not taking care of you? Why they don't care about you? It's simply because you didn't care about us when we were children and we needed you. And so that, it, it affects you. You start to not care about those people and you start to handle those people with a long handled spoon. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned um, how people always tell us hey you you're exaggerating and we need to stop like <laughs> we have to stop downplaying emotional abuse period like mental abuse period coming from whoever and I know with family we always get roped into it because like what you said your mom tells you well I'm your mother we get forced to stay in these kind of uh, family relationships despite however abusive they are which means it, I want to ask you this next question. It brings me to my next question. Do you still have relationships with your mother and your grandmother? And if so, have you set boundaries? Okay. Uh, that's a great question. No, 
I do not have a relationship with them. Um, my mother will try to reach out um, by physically, like, uh, like basically saying something like I'm crazy, I'm psychotic, or anything along those lines. She'll make um, text me from different numbers and things of that, things of that nature, trying to get my attention, trying to get a rise out of me. Um, but I no longer need her, so at all. I, I never did, uh, but um, I don't have a relationship with my mother. I don't have a relationship with my grandmother. Uh, so I haven't talked to my grandmother since uh, the summer of last year. And I talked to my mother, but it was regarding um, her, uh, my podcast. And so she wanted me to not have my podcast. She wanted me to stop it. And I told her, no, I'm going to talk about the things that I want to talk about because I have the right to. So, I mean, I don't have a relationship with them. I plan not to have a relationship with them. Um, and if, if, it, if, if we did, they would definitely have to apologize. But I know that's not going to happen. So there's, it's, it's a no. Okay. So how did you go about ending those relationships, like with your mother and your grandmother? Did you just stop talking or was it something that you had to think about before you did it? How, how did you do it? So it was a basically a series of events that happened um, during that time. It was more um, of my mother being abusive. My mother always tries to gain my grandmother's love because she hasn't. I mean, I don't know. They have a they have our relationship, and I'll definitely get into that on my uh, podcast about her. See, it, what happens is it's generational trauma, and so she passed it down to her, and that's what happened. But um, um, it's, it, I try not, I try not to, I try not to think about a lot of the things I really don't because it, it's, it's very traumatic. <laughs> it's very traumatic, but I try, I try, I try to keep it to the side. Okay. Okay. I see. And then, so I don't know what your relationship looks like with the rest of your family. Mm -hmm. It sounded like you had an aunt that you really loved, uh, who mm -hmm. unfortunately passed away. Are there other family members that you love? And if so, if there's like a family event or something where your grandmother, or your mother shows up, how do you handle that situation? Okay. Um, I do talk to my siblings. I talk to majority of my little sister and my older uh, sister, and I talk to pretty much all my siblings. Um, we were close as kids, and we only had each other, so I feel the same way, even though we might get into arguments, and that's natural. That's brother and sister type things, but we always end up coming back to each other. Um, we, we have this bond. Um, that's unbreakable especially my older sister she's like my best friend in the entire world and I love her with all my heart and and my, my little sister too as well and my brothers I talk to them um and uh, we do have that relationship and that bond as in far as like different family members uh I do talk to my cousin uh that lives in North Carolina as well um and she's pretty cool and I love her too and you know my foster mom and my foster dad and they always will have a, a place in my heart and I go visit them from time to time uh and when it comes to handling a situation at like a barbecue or something like that a family event uh what I do is I I I really just be cool I play it cool because you don't want any type of drama or anything like that it's, it shows maturity 
I don't have to be friends with you. There's been events in the past where I have not been cool with my mother and I attended those events. And I acted cool as a cucumber because I do not want anything to happen on my on in my regards because my mom what she'll do is she'll try to twist it on me and even if she did something wrong so I play it cool I don't say anything I don't say much I'll I'll say hey what's up and then I'll go into talking to my other family members okay I see so you'll still go to these events uh, mm-hmm. It sounds like you are not going to miss the opportunity to connect with the family members that you love, but it sounds like you have your own uh, like boundaries when it comes to how far you're willing to go speaking with them if you see them. Is that right? Yeah, um, that, there's not a lot of like it. I'm going to be honest with you. There was a situation. My younger brother, Bryant, um, he lives in South Carolina. He goes to college there. And he hasn't been with us for, like, lived down here for a while. He's he's in a foster home up there, and they're paying for his college and things of that nature. He hasn't been down here, I think, since 2014 or 15 uh, to live um, permanently. So it, it was a situation where he doesn't, look, he doesn't like my mother. He doesn't like her. He doesn't want to deal with her. He really does not like my mother. Um. And they've tried to have relationships with each other. They've tried. And he's the type of person that's not going to sugarcoat anything or be cool as a cucumber like myself. But there was a family event that happened at her house. And I, at that time, I was cool with my mother. And um, I brought, I ended up bringing my other little brother there. And he ended up, my, other, my little brother, Bryant, the one that lives in South Carolina, doesn't like my mother. He ends up, he ends up coming. And um, she, my mother tries to basically uh, instigate a situation. Like she tried to instigate a situation, trying to um, get a rise out of him. And he was trying to play it chill, trying to play it cool. He said, hey, mom, what's up? You know, well, why you didn't do this or why you didn't do that? It doesn't matter right now. We're all at a family event. And I had to tell her that. It doesn't matter. Um and she tried to get a rise out of him. And a few days later, we all we ended up having a good time. A few days later, my little brother wanted to go see Hannah. And that's my little sister. And she and she wanted to, he wanted to go and see her. And she was at my mother's house um, spending the night. And she refused to let him see her, to let her, let him come over and hang out. And said that he was disrespectful and all of these things and just being disrespectful to him. And then it ended up in a gigantic argument. And we were all supposed to go bowling. And it ended up in a chaotic argument that was huge. And we ended up not going bowling. We ended up not spending time with each other. And it was because of her, because she didn't want him to see her. If she was, like, she's not cool as, like, she's not cool as a cucumber like I am. I'll, I'll just let it happen. But she's, she's like, oh, no, he's not going to come in here and do all this and not speak to me and this, that, and third, when it doesn't matter right now. We're just trying to spend time as a family. That's it. We got end up having a good time. But there's times like that where in, in a situation with, um, with family, everybody handles stuff differently. But most of my siblings, like maybe all of my siblings, we don't like our mother. We don't like her. Okay, so at least you have uh, some support uh, when it comes to that. You don't have other people 
that are close like you don't have your other siblings saying oh, no you're wrong so at least you have like um confirmation and support so that that's a really good thing as well um so I'm going to ask one last question and that question is what kind of advice would you give to other black women or girls that are in abusive family settings whether they're younger or they're adults and they feel obligated to still connect with these family members or whatever the case what advice do you have the advice that i have is if you're an abusive in an abusive situation with your parents or any any type of situation like that i would advise you to try to get your stuff together try to save your money and try to find a better place to live. Try to have support of friends um, and like other family members. Try to get uh, grasp to those other family members that are supportive to you uh, because those are, those are the people who are going to be your support system that are, you're going to hang on to. But that's the, that's the advice that I would give them. If they're still in that abusive situation, try their best, try your best to get out of it. Um, sometimes people end up homeless and it happens, and I ended up homeless. But your best bet is to try to get away from those people as soon as possible. Um, definitely as soon as possible. Try to find some good people that you can be around. Um, friends, family, like friend, different friends, friend, different family, but that's all I can really recommend. And noticing those patterns uh, when they're trying to be abusive to you. That's what I had to do. I knew, I knew my mom's patterns. And so I knew she was going to kick me out soon because she has a time limit. And if you have a parent like that, you definitely have to watch their patterns and try not to get as upset. Because if the if you don't, that will make them even more mad. Like that will that will actually make them mad if you just play it chill and play it cool. But that's the advice that I can definitely give them. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad we finally did this. Thank you for coming on, Kayla. Anything else that you want to leave us with before we close out? Um, Nothing. It was just great to be here, really. It was just great to talk to you um, about these situations and for younger girls. Um, also, I, like I said, just uh, if you want to hear more about my stories, you can tune into my podcast, Concrete Souls. It is on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, um, all of those platforms. All right. And that concludes our episode for today. Thank you for joining us. If you are a black woman who has a story to share about mental abuse, whether with family, romantic partner, friendship, or you are a black woman in the mental health field, please reach out to us, uh, samatogethernow at gmail.com. We are on Facebook as Sisters Against Mental Abuse, and we are also on Instagram at samatogethernow. Thank you for joining us, and remember, mental abuse is abuse. <laughs>